Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show was brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA, but also check out the Funkadelphia Southeast PA style IPA and, of course, the Pumpkin Ale. Be prepared for the fall now. But don't forget, coming in September, it's our official beer, the Pater IPA. More information on that in a moment. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Paydirt is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting to props and futures. Head to BetOnline.ag today, or use your mobile device to join and place your first bet use our promo code believe 50 that's b-l-e-a-v-5-0 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit pater is presented by bet online where the game starts also we invite you to head to shop.believe.com that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search pater for our two t-shirts one as the official show logo over the heart it comes in white navy blue and black and the other is a navy blue t-shirt it has the pater word mark over the heart and on the back circa the 2012 penn state football season it has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this season of Nittany Lion football marks the 10-year anniversary of that team. So again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. I want to thank you all for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network. It's available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037 at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. In regards to our scheduling, now that the regular season is finally underway, we do have a slight change in regards to ESPN Radio State College. As of Friday, September 9th, we will be moving to a Monday-Friday release schedule for ESPN Radio State College. So on Mondays and Fridays, we'll be airing from 4 p.m., to 5 p.m. Eastern. There's information about that in the description of this show. But again, as of Friday, September 9th, we will be on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern with previews and recaps of all the games throughout the season. And of course, as we continue to get these great interviews with people in and around the Penn State football program, those will be available in the podcast version. So it's really important that you subscribe, that you turn on notifications, like us, comment. It's just pay attention because the season's rolling and we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, and speaking of which, Matt, our schedule is about to pick up because on Wednesday, September 14th, we're going to be doing a live version of the podcast at 5.30 p.m. Eastern from the Emmaus, Pennsylvania tap room of funk brewing i know you're excited about this because we get to hang out and drink 
our beer. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for this, dude. I'm, I'm so oh excited God. about it. So they're, what did he say? They're going to can it on the 7th or the 8th and then yes so let me uh let me pull up this email here just so i have it in front of me so uh the canning of the first batch is happening on wednesday september 7th the second batch gets canned on monday september 12th so what all of you listening and watching need to know is that um the pay dirt ipa it's fresh in in funk (laughs) tap rooms and tasting rooms as of thursday september 8th and we should start seeing it out in grocery stores and beer distributors as of Friday, September 16th. So, of course, head to funkbrewing.com for more information on that. But, yeah, we're going to do a live version of the podcast at the Emmaus, Pennsylvania location on Wednesday, September 14th at 530 p.m. We'll go for about an hour. We're going to talk about Penn State football. Uh, probably going to have some of our beers. We're going to talk to Scott uh, from Funk Brewing about the process and what's going on at Funk Brewing, the process of making uh, our beer because we're very selfish and we're very excited about our own <laughs> beer. So, and if you're going, Tom, if you're going, come with questions, come prepared. You know, we, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Hear what you have to say about Penn State football and any, answer any questions that you may have. Yeah. So we're stoked about this because Penn State football is freaking back Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern live on Fox. Penn State is on the road at Purdue to start the season. It's the seventh consecutive season. Penn State has started Big Ten play on the road and the 12th time in the last 13 years. James Franklin was uh, very particular to point that out earlier this week. Uh, a, a little uh, sore feelings there, uh, as you can imagine. So the one thing I do want to point out, Matt, from the press conference we saw earlier this week with James Franklin was the biggest headline was the announcement that the number two quarterback behind Sean Clifford will be Drew Aller. What did you think of this announcement? It's 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 just similar like it's similar to like what Michigan is doing right now I think right we're talking about quarterback competition quarterback competition where when you look at Michigan Tom one quarterback led their team to twelve and two Big Ten championship game in a playoff berth and the other one had had you know certain packages week in and week out where we saw limited game action and he did some good things did some okay things but now I saw Jim Harbaugh made the announcement Cade McNamara is going to start week one JJ McCarthy is going to start week two. And for me, it's just kind of like, why? Mm. One guy was a leader. He was he was your quarterback week in and week out, right? He was a, a captain and a leader on a players-led team. I'm not saying the other guy isn't capable of being a good quarterback one day, but for me, it's it just seems like it's more about keeping your players happy. Right, J.J. McCarthy as opposed to Caden McNamara. I see your point. R- rather than just saying, here's what it is, you know, we love you as a player. We love you as a competitor. One day your time will come, but you just need to be patient right now. Is that what we're seeing now at Penn State with Allar being named the backup, Tom? Because from what I saw in the spring game, Vayer was way ahead of Allar and Prabula. Mm-hmm. Just just from just, just from a presence standpoint. It, to the way the way he was moving his footwork with the way he was throwing the football it just seemed like the two younger quarterbacks it was happening so fast right they were a step behind um they weren't sure where to go in certain situations against certain defenses and so t- tom do you think they've made that much of a jump over the past few months because look here's the question you need to ask ask yourself tom God forbid Sean Clifford gets injured again, right? 
first off, as a backup quarterback or running back, whatever you are, you never want to earn your job by somebody else getting hurt. You always want to feel like you've earned your job because you are the best player. But God forbid Sean gets injured or anything like that. Well, first, if that happens, they're done. They, They have no chance this year because that's how much better Sean is than every other quarterback on that roster right now. But I'm curious to see if it actually would be Alar who steps on the field in that situation. Here's what I found interesting. This only came up in the press conference because a member of the media asked, is Christian Veyer the uh, solidified as the backup quarterback? And it speaks to the outside perspective because everything that we've heard since Drew Aller showed up on campus was that one thing that we heard was not physically ready. That Bo Perbula was actually more physically prepared for we the college We talked about that in the spring, after the spring game. Oh, absolutely. That. Yep. Um, that Drew Aller was just not ready physically. It's like, okay, he's a freshman. He still needs time. It doesn't matter how many stars are next to his name. We've not heard anything in regards to Drew Aller making some big jump or whatever. So you can understand Penn State keeping things in-house. Um, but I kind of tend to lean towards what you said, is that this is more of a political move than it is truly this is the number two guy. Because everything that we've heard and seen is that Christian Veyer has looked sharp, not necessarily enough to unseat Sean Clifford. If anything, most of the reports were saying that in terms of flashes throughout the winter and throughout spring and summer that there were more from Veyer and Prabula than there were from Aller. So uh, this is a big headline, obviously, because Drew Aller is a big time recruit. But I'm with you. I think as a Penn State fan, if Sean Clifford were to go down again, I am very much hoping Christian Veyer gets into the game. So then are you bound in a situation? It's like, well, he's the number two, so he's got to go in. And, you know, like, what do you do there? Here, here, I'll try to make it as simple as I can with this, Tom. If Penn State is winning a game 45-10, Alar will be the next one in. If they need a backup to play a game, to start a game, a game where they need to win, I think it'll be Vayer. Unfortunately, you have two games in September, Ohio and Central Michigan. Hey, let's throw some of the newer guys out there, the younger guys out there, and see what happens. But ah, this is going to be exciting. So uh, the season starts at Purdue. You have picked Purdue to win the West, which is not an unpopular opinion, by the way. Purdue looks like they're well-positioned. The West is always kind of a grab bag. I know you're going to have Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, Iowa perpetually in the mix there, Um, but there's a lot of competition in the West this year. When you look at what Purdue does, uh, let's focus on offense first uh, behind Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. What do you like about what the Boilermakers do? Yeah, here, let me start with this, Tom, because I'm not sure if if, if you've seen this news or not. So uh, uh, Wednesday, the day this this podcast will, will air, they've they're going to reveal renderings of a $45.4 million Ross Aid Stadium you know, renovations that are going to take mm-hmm. place after the 2022 season. Like when I look at that, I just think of the investment this school is making into that football program, supporting Jeff Brom for all these years now, right? He had the chance to leave and he didn't. That was years ago, though. So this program is on its well, way back or they're there now. Whichever way you want to look at it, Purdue isn't the Purdue we've seen you know, seven, Last eight, nine, ten years, 10 years really? ago. Right. This is a program where eight, 
nine, 10 wins, which I think they can get to 10 wins this year, it will become the norm for this program moving forward if they can convince Jeff Brom to stay there years, 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 and years from now, um, which is, which is going to be difficult to do. You know, I mean, let's be honest there, but hopefully his brother there is the offensive coordinator, yeah. quarterbacks coach, Brian Brom uh, has an excellent resume. Well, and why I'm so high on this team right now is obviously is because of the experience that, that they have back. They have eight defensive starters back. They have six offensive starters back. They've got Charlie Jones and, and Tyrone Tracy transferring in. Um, that adds so much depth to that wide receiver room of Brock Thompson and, and TJ Sheffield. Don't forget about tight end Payne Durham as well. There's so many weapons that, that Aiden O'Connell has that you know, it, it, he could just pick you apart and slowly march his way downfield. This offensive line is stacked as well. They have three guys returning, Hartwig, um, uh, Holstage, and, and Eric Miller, right? They're very high on a young sophomore, Marcus Bow. They have two transfers in at the offensive line spot as well. I mean, this team is deep, Tom. They have a lot of experience. They have a lot of talent. And I mentioned what they're doing on, on Wednesday, revealing what the plans are for the future of that stadium, right? They're building something there. They're creating this atmosphere. They're creating this environment that Purdue football is back. Thursday night is going to be fantastic. It's going to be electric. And I know you brought up Penn State starting you know, on the road 12 of the last 13 years in Big Ten play. This is one of the more difficult. This will be one of the more difficult atmospheres that they have to play in. Yeah, uh, they're doing a blackout. Uh, big noon kickoff from Fox is going to be there. All eyes are on this because, you know, granted the, the college football season kicked off officially last weekend, but this is really the beginning of the first true big college football weekend uh, getting started this season. And it kicks off with Penn State at Purdue. Uh, to the point about Aiden O'Connell, you talked about you know trying to bring things back. Aiden O'Connell last year set records in that he uh, set the highest completion percentage in a single season for a quarterback at 72%. Mind you, this is a uh, university that's had a guy named Drew Brees come through. Um, Kyle Orton, Curtis Painter. It's been a little while since you've seen quarterbacks of that ilk, but there were points last season, Matt, that you saw three quarterbacks get trotted out on the field, and there really was not a big dip in production. You credit that to Jeff Brom and his system, and now uh, Brian Brom is at the at the helm as offensive coordinator, obviously. But the the thing about the vertical passing game with Purdue is that. Aiden O'Connell is extraordinarily efficient and extraordinarily accurate, and they have so many different weapons. So with Manny Diaz now as the defensive coordinator for Penn State, there's talk about the three-safety look. There's talk about only two linebackers on the field. How do you think Penn State's defense is going to respond to that vertical passing game? Yeah. <laughs> so here, here's my thing, too, and I'll start with Penn State. I love State's that deep. laugh. That doesn't make <laughs> me feel bad at all. <laughs> here's my thing. Look, because obviously Penn State is one of the strongest secondaries, and not just in the Big Ten, but all of America. True. Right, that's how talented that group is. I'll start with the defensive line at Penn State. Tom, they're they're legit five six deep on that D line. Like all those guys are starters, starting potential, which is massive for this game, um, because you need pressure, you need quick pressure, but you need depth because of how experienced O'Connell is and how fast he's going to be able to get that football out of his hands. Right, the guy's going to be able to understand coverage. He's got to be understand, uh, be able to. 
understand situational play, process the information, know when to take chances, know when not to take chances, Tom. And one of the worst things for for defensive linemen, one thing that drives them crazy is a quarterback that gets the ball out of his hands. A guy that doesn't hold on to the football because they're pass rushing. They're working, working, working. All of a sudden, they break free. The ball's already out of his hand. Right, they get tired. The, the The energy goes away. So being deep and having depth at that defensive line position is very big in a game like this. Right, Tarburton, Isaac, Chop Robinson, Vilbert, uh, Dennis Sutton, Mustafer is back. Right, that's a full go as of all reports yeah, uh, for Thursday night, which is great. that that is going to be huge. Is is the rotation aspect of it for Penn State's defensive line? How quick Manny Diaz can get guys in and out of the football game during drives. Because guys are going to be gassed. And the way I see, I, we, we talked about the secondary, Tom. The way I see this game playing out is if I'm Aiden O'Connell, I'm working inside, I'm working quick game, and I'm just marching right down the field. And it's look, look, and it's because, and it's nothing against, you know, anything Penn State, you know, anybody on Penn State defensive side of the ball or anything Manny Diaz is going to do defensively. It's just matchup for me. Where are my matchups? Where can I expose you? Where can I go after you? Where can I stand here and go, I'm going right there. I'm going right there. Right. Tyler Elton, we know, has won the job. Right. If I'm being O'Connell, linebacker. Yep. I'm finding that matchup. I'm finding Jonathan Sutherland in the past game. Right. He's somewhat new to that hybrid role, hybrid position. Right. If I'm Jeff Brom and I'm Aiden O'Connell, there's my matchup all night inside quick stuff because we know Purdue, right, maybe early on, they'll run it with King and you know, try to establish somewhat of a run. But in a game like this, Tom, if it's not going, you got to abandon it. And that's fine because Purdue is used to doing that. So what do they do? They'll go to quick game. Quick game will act like the run game, right? Inch their way downfield, get to third manageable, sustain football drives. I think that's going to be the name of the game for Purdue on Thursday night. Um, we talked about in the offseason, and there was word that you know Manny Diaz was going to want to blitz and blitz often, take more risks, so to speak. And often when you hear the phrase take risks, that means some safety gets burned and a touchdown's given up. Um, are you concerned about uh, possibly members of the secondary blitzing a little bit too often, or do you see them playing a little bit more conservative in this game? I, I think you have to be conservative on Thursday night against this team just because of the experience Um of this uh, this Purdue offense, experience that of offensive line, the experience of Aiden O'Connell, and just how good those wide receivers are, and how right there's not there's five guys that can make big plays for this Purdue team. Here's the thing, too, Tom, where I think you need to take a step back and take a breath for for how good Penn State is. Remember, they've lost they they've lost six defensive starters, right? And on top of that, Brent Pry is no longer the coordinator there. Right, you're gonna have problems with 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 new players and a new defensive coordinator. You're gonna have problems. It's going to happen, and it's difficult in week one because it's Purdue you're playing, and it's a good football team. You're not going to be able to hide those problems on Thursday night. Um, I'm interested to see what it looks like. I really am. You know, it's just I'm I'm just I'm trying to put myself back in that spot and thinking, what is Manny Diaz going to do, right? Because we know Penn's like defensively how talented they are and how good they match up. But what it's going to come down to is whose game plan is better. Has Manny Diaz gotten his message 
across to his defense? Do they understand it? Do they know what their role is? Do they know what their job is? Can the D-line keep up with the passing attack or Purdue quick game, short passes, right? Again, that's brutal um, on your defense. So uh, there's certainly a lot to look for. Um, you know, I think we're going to have a pretty good idea of where Penn State is at defensively within the first few drives of this game. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear smack? Flat should describe your TV, not your TV sound. Experience your entertainment like never before with the new Sonos Ray. This compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of shows, movies, games, and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass. Breeze through setup with help from the Sonos app. You can even use your own remote for control. And when the TV is off, stream music, radio podcasts and audiobooks from all your favorite services visit sonos.com that's s-o-n-o-s.com to learn more and let's not forget it's a big thing the first two three weeks of the season this is not the preseason but it's basically the preseason that you're shaking off any potential rust you're getting used to playing in games again so you're going to see situations where there's offsides penalties too many men on the field penalties and Penn State was killed by penalties a lot of last season not saying they're going to be guilty of that against Purdue but on the road loud environment what we expect uh, at Purdue this is going to be a challenge for Penn State just like it was at Wisconsin last year but again a very different team you and I've talked about it that was a bend but don't break defense and a lot of guys are now playing on Sundays in the National Football League so this is going to be very different I really don't expect this to be a bend but don't break defense I could potentially see especially against Purdue Penn State giving up several touchdowns but then it's on your offense to counter that accordingly and just maybe making the right stop at the right time late in the game uh, if you're on the defensive side of the ball for Penn State. So there's a lot that can happen here and that Manny Diaz style is a little riskier. So we'll see how risky it is uh, on Thursday night. Uh, One thing I want to briefly touch on special teams uh, and then get to what Penn State's offense is going to have to look like against Purdue's uh, defense. Um, Some decisions were made in regards to uh, kicker. Jake Pinnegar is the kicker. The punter is Barney Amore. I am the most excited person to hear that two different human beings are going to be playing (laughs) kicker and punter for Penn State football. It's freaking about time. And I'm excited that Jake Pinnegar has gotten the job as the starting kicker because granted, we all respect what Jordan Stout is capable of. And he's playing in the National Football League. But I think we all saw that Jordan Stout was not the best kicker ever, and Jake Pinnegar had shown flashes of being the guy for a number of years, so I'm very happy to see him get that job. And then also an announcement by uh, James Franklin earlier in the week, the kickoff competition 
uh, will be continuing. So you'll notice uh, on Thursday night, rotating every kickoff between Gabriel Nwosu and Sanders Haydak. So that continues to happen. As I talked about, you've got uh, you've got Central Michigan on the uh, on the schedule this month. You've got Ohio on the schedule this month. You're going to be at Auburn. But um, the one thing I was encouraged about in the spring game is Gabriel and Wosu can kick the ball out of the freaking mm-hmm. stadium. So that should be great for kickoffs. Uh, <laughs> of course, you want to try and pin guys deep and maybe force them to return the ball so you can get them inside the 25. But at the same time, like hell, just kick it into the freaking stand so we'll see what happens but so that's special teams um i'm very interested to see the rotation at kick returner uh more in particular because that's something that's been stagnant for years and Mm -hmm. and even though that was jahan dotson back there nothing against jahan penn state just never seemed to be able to get anything going on special teams whether that's kickoffs or one thing the way the rules have changed it's almost pointless to even try and return the ball sometimes, even if you have a freak athlete back there. But I am excited to see if the punt return game is going to turn at all this season, uh, especially with Stacy Collins, the new special teams coordinator. Let's talk about defense uh, versus uh, Penn State's offense versus Purdue's defense. That is uh, Sean Clifford at the helm is going to be facing a lot of cover zero from this Purdue Boilermakers secondary. You and I talked to, a lot about it last year, and it was kind of in the lead up to Iowa. And then it was shown throughout the Iowa game last year that Sean Clifford versus zone is money. How do you expect Sean Clifford to be against cover zero? And for those that don't know, can you explain what cover zero is? Bring in the house, man. Look, he, that's you better have a plan. And how many times? How many times? Man, have man, we, yeah, man, you're getting you're getting man behind it. You're bringing the house. They're bringing more than you have to block, right? What's your plan, Tom? Because uh, it, that's the bit that that that's the conversation, right? Well, you know you're going to get it. All right. So so what am I doing? What's the plan? Am I going max pro am i throwing a slip screen right am i throwing quick game right you know i I've, i never want it to throw hot what i mean by throwing hot is that i know that i don't have this this blitz or you know this this you know combination of this cover zero protected i don't i i don't have enough blockers for it so i gotta get the ball to my hand as fast as i could right i either want to pick it up as best i can or i want to have some type in out where I can expose you for doing that. Because once that happens, Tom, once you show you have an answer for it, defensive coordinators back away. All right. Well, if I do this, Tom, let's see what he does. Let's see if he's got an answer to it. All right. He's got an answer for it, too. Let me cross that out. I'm not doing that again. Right. If you have nothing for it, it'll continue to happen, continue to happen, continue to happen because it's making a quarterback uncomfortable. He doesn't know what to do. Right. Is he throwing off his back foot and drifting, or doing this or doing that? Or as immediately he sees it, here's what I'm doing. Change the protection here. I'm bringing a tight end back in running back. You're staying in your block in here, and I'm calling quick game combination outside. Or I'm launching a football down the field and giving my wide receiver an opportunity to go get it, to expose you for doing that. You should be laughing when you know a blitz is coming or you're getting cover zero or something like that. It should excite you because you know you're well prepared for it and you're ready for it and you're going to explode, uh, expose them, get an explosive play, and it'll be the last time you see that blitz that night. Um, with that being said, Tom, when you look at this Purdue defense, right, and the way I look at it, it's structure, they play that 3-4, right? And let me tell you something. I hate it playing teams that play the 3-4 because Why? it's it's confusing sometimes in a way because you always need, you can't just walk up and be like, all right, four down, 
52 is the mic. Here we go. Let's play. Right. It's not like that. You'll have guys sometimes walking around. Sometimes, sometimes guys are in different positions. You have to know jersey numbers. Who's down? Who's a designated down guy? Who blitzes more frequently than somebody else? Who's a designated linebacker? Right. And when you look at Purdue, they play that three, four, three guys up front, senior, senior, senior experience. Right. Leo, Will, Mike, Sam. Speaking of that, Leo, uh, uh, young player, Jenkins, five sacks a year ago. Potential to be a big year for him. Jack Sullivan, you know, has to fill in for uh, Carl Loftus, but he's an experienced guy. Jalen Graham is somebody that Sean Clifford needs to know where he is on every single play. Thursday night. He could have a, a massive year in the Big Ten. He's good in coverage. He's good in the run game. He plays that hybrid linebacker safety thing that Manny Diaz has now brought to Penn State and wants in his defensive system. That's what Jonathan Sutherland's playing. That's what Jalen Graham plays for, uh, a position he plays for for Purdue. So there's a lot of talent there, Tom. You know, when you look at what happened a year ago with this Purdue team, Right. Um, and I remember talking about it on Big Ten Radio. It's like, what defense is going to show up for them this year? Right. They were inconsistent at times this year, middle of the pack in the Big Ten, which is where they belong, which is right because of the inconsistency. They returned eight defensive starters, Tom. I fully expect this team to be ready to go and to be consistent this year on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you mentioned George Karlaftis, former defensive end for Purdue. He went in the first round to the Kansas City Chiefs this past uh, NFL draft. Um, de- defensive tackle Branson Dean is somebody that um, James Franklin has pointed out as somebody who could be uh, a threat along the defensive line. And safety Cam Allen is somebody who can really contribute as well as uh, linebacker Jalen Graham. Uh, in regards to Sean Clifford, you know, he's he's going to have his opportunities, obviously, to slice and dice this defense. However, is he going to have the time? Is he going to have the luxury of a running game behind him? How are you feeling about Penn State's offensive line heading into 2022? Yeah, uh, well, let, before I go to the offensive line, Tom, let me start with this. I think. Again, I've mentioned it multiple times now how electric I think this crowd could be Thursday night. The operations mm. from this offense as a whole needs to be on. And it starts with that offensive line. Right, they need to speak up. They need to communicate with one another. All signals need to be good. The snap count needs to be right. I don't want to see clapping hands. I don't want to see Sean Clifford. <laughs> God, it just gives me like <laughs> nightmares of Iowa and poor uh, Taquan Roberson back there. I don't to want clap to see. No one can hear him. I don't even want you trying to use your cadence or use your voice. I don't. Again, I don't want you clapping. It's a leg. That's it. Lift yep. the leg once, flash, lift the leg twice. The down, it could be it could be a center head nod, right? Center looks right once, pauses, center looks right twice, snap, go like that. It's that. That's it. Keep it simple, right? You don't need to get too excited or too crazy when it comes to something like that, right? Be simple with it on the road early. If they're getting a jump, then you get together on the sideline and say, okay, we're going to change things up here. We're going to go, you know, uh, a silent two or a silent three or whatever. Um, you may need time. You've seen it before. I'm sure sometimes, um, you know, if the center is communicating or he's looking at the defense, you'll see a guard tap, a guard taps, the center that's letting the center know, Hey, let's go time. Let's snap the football. But that's what I basically I'm saying. That's what I want to see early on. Nothing else. Um, I, I'm not, and I know there's still some competition going on at that offensive line position, which is fine for right now. Um, but I'm not interested in seeing a competition out there on Thursday night or a rotation 
every single series just so you can try to find find out what you're doing at the offensive every quarter maybe that's fine but not every series not let series, these series, let yeah. let yes let these guys try to you know get some continuity out there let them try to just continue to play with one another right get some consistency let them get comfortable let them get a feel for the game uh, Hunter Norzad is somebody that um, James Franklin said earlier this week he expects could play both guard spots, could also play center. You probably will not see him play center. It sounds like that's going to be Juice Scruggs on that position, who to Juice's credit, he's popped up on a bunch of watch lists, and I understand those award watch lists don't mean a ton to fans, but to see that potential, uh, and a lot of the word out of camp is that he's looked really sharp, uh, is great, because last season, uh, I will say it, Juice Scruggs was not terribly sharp, so hopefully you see some strides there. The offensive line really, really next to the woes of Sean Clifford, which were largely brought on by injury for the most part, but the offensive line was just terrible in, in 2021, and it needs to make a jump. And uh, one thing that James Franklin has been very particular about is that in years past, he said very glowing things about the offensive line, individuals and the unit. This year, he's playing his cards very close to the vest and then just saying, you know, you guys tell me what you think of them. What does that say to you that he thinks he's got something really solid cooking? Yeah, I mean, what? There's there's no excuse anymore, right? We we've already we've already talked about this, Tom, on a previous podcast. They have four guys that are solidified on the offensive line that they've we think at least that they should have known. These are the four guys since training camp has started. These guys have practiced together. Um, they they should know what to expect from one another, and the and the way it seems like they've handled the competition at the guard spot is that there's been three guys rotating in and out. So like that that's fine in that sense as long as those four um, are solidified. So I, I, I I'm not expecting growing pains there anymore. I'm just I'm just not. There's nothing if there's nothing else to point to. Where, where you can say, oh, it's this, it's that, it's this. If it's not good Thursday night, it's on James Franklin, it's on Mike Yurcich, and it's on Phil Troutwine. It's as simple as that. And it's it, it falls on the, the, the coaching of it, the coaching of that positional group itself and the coaching of the run game. That's what it falls on. And here's the thing, too. I mentioned the run game. If they can't run... And look, how many times have we said this? If they can't run it well Thursday night, they're going to lose. You need to be able to manage this game as an offense if you're Penn State. Do not get into a shootout with the Purdue Boilermakers. You can't go three and out. You can't continue to punt and and play field position or, or give them the ball back. They're too explosive. They're too good. You can't continue. To, you certainly can't turn the football over. You can't give them opportunities, Tom. And again, a big point in this game when it comes to the run game. Kevon Lee, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen. What is the combination? How are you going to use those guys? How are you going to use those players? Do you trust guys like Singleton and Allen enough to say, hey, it's third and seven, obvious passing down, go in there and block, mm -hmm. right? Do, do they know what's going on in terms of the pass protection and things like that? Because that, that may sound silly to say, but those are things that you could that, that you think of. Um. You know, so uh, it, it's it's certainly it's certainly going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch. The talent is there. If Mike Yersich can get that combination right with those running backs, um, they they can be as explosive as anyone in the Big Ten. The potential is certainly there.
Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt 15 Paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. I will say this just to wrap up on the offensive line. This Purdue front seven, there's talent, but this is not the best pass rush that you will see all season. So if you see this offensive line struggle against Purdue, give up sacks, give up pressures, um, allow uh, Purdue players into the backfield on a regular basis to blow up running plays or what have you, be concerned. Because this is not a bad Purdue front seven, as I mentioned. This is not a pet bad Purdue defense, but there will be better ones that Penn State's got to face this season. And here's um, the thing, too, Tom, talk- real quick, yeah. real quick, with that Purdue defense, they're looking for consistency this year, and that's all they need. I'm not saying they're Ohio State from 2021. I'm not saying that at all, because the way Ohio State beat teams last year was we're just going to outscore you and we're going to play average defense. So if you want to beat us, you better score 50. I'm not right. saying Purdue is that team. But if Purdue takes an approach similar to that, where it's like, we're going to play tough, solid defense, we'll get turnovers here and there, we'll limit explosive plays, keep everything in front of us, rally and make tackles, and score big points on offense, they're going to be tough to beat. Let's talk about the running backs uh, that you just touched on as we have a couple minutes left here. So Nick Singleton uh, is getting a lot of attention, as is Katron Allen, the two incoming freshmen. Um, Nick Singleton, uh, by James Franklin, uh, saying earlier this week during his press conference, said, quote, Nick has a chance to go 80 yards at any point in the game. We haven't heard that in a minute in regards to a Penn State running back. That's fantastic. Katron Allen was described as, quote, the surprise of training camp in terms of his production and big playability as well. Uh, Katron's nickname is Fat Man, by the way, so I'm very excited to see uh, <laughs> how the bigger guy back there behaves. Uh, you've got Kevon Lee, of course, and James Franklin continues to insist that Devin Ford will have a role and is kind of the forgotten man but could have a role. Maybe that's in pass protection. We expect to see Ford in special teams as well. Um, is this a turning point in the history of Penn State running backs that we're actually seeing some excitement for the first time since Miles Sanders and before him, Saquon Barkley? It should be, dude. I, I, like, I'm excited about the talent. I really am. Um, and he's right. Singleton, from, from things we saw at the spring game or things we've been able to hear, um, like if if he if he gets out there's nobody in the, if he gets outside nobody's in the stadium is going to catch him, you know what I mean? And that when you have Kevon Lee, a one cut downhill big physical back, Katron Allen as well is a physical running back. If if you can combine all that together, where it's pound the football with Kevon Lee, pound the football with Katron Allen. Next thing you know, Nick Singleton runs out of the field and it's a toss or outside zone. He makes one cut. Nobody's catching him, right? It's such a dangerous combination to have if you can use it the right way. And it's a, it's a big if for Penn State because again, running game struggled a year ago. They couldn't get better week in and week out. So Tom, forgive me right now if you know I, I'm just, I'm, I'm a bit uncertain as to whether or not I think this run game is going to, is going to be good or not. I just, I just don't know until we see what that offense, what that offense looks like Thursday. 
Yeah, well, it, it all hinges on the offensive line. It, it entirely hinges on the offensive line, and it's a really old, boring cliche, but if you cannot move people off the ball and you cannot pass protect, nothing's really going to happen. That was the entirety of the 2021 season. I know a lot of people want to hang the, the the issues for the offense on Sean Clifford and, and all the injuries that he dealt with, but really the number one problem, the public enemy number one, was the offensive line for Penn State. And uh, the investment in the running backs – uh, the investment in the recruiting there is great, and it looks good on paper, and now it's show me. It's a show me instance. And if we're playing on the road at Purdue, uh, Penn State fans, I think, should feel confident that there will be opportunities to run the ball. We talked about there. this is a tough Purdue defense. You are going to have to really earn everything, but at the same time, you should be able to move people off the ball. This is not a defense that is really prepared to stop the run and really get entrenched in there like a Wisconsin or an Iowa or a Michigan. This is a little bit more spread out as a defense. So those opportunities should be there and would really take the load off of Sean Clifford going into this game. You know, th- this game, it, it, it's it's going to be close. And look, when I look at it, Penn State should win. They're better than Purdue, Purdue on both sides of the ball. Um, this should be a game where Sean Clifford can throw for 330, right? Washington, Tinsley, Lambert, Smith, you're six as a quarterback you know, in, in this Penn State program. Experience, he's a captain, he's a leader. You're two in the Mike Yurcich system. There's no reason why Sean Clifford in this offense, at least passing-wise, can't come out of the gate hot and throw the football all over the place. Um, what it comes down to, Tom, is what in this game is what James Franklin does in some critical moments, right? Fourth down field goals, being able to understand we're on the road week one. What do we do in these big moments? Um, you know, I, I would make Purdue work for everything again, limit big plays. I'd let them be patient as I talked about what their game plan should be is be patient, right? I'd let them do it and I would wait for a mistake to be made by them instead of trying to force the issue and bring the house and bring pressure. Uh, to your point about this game being close, according to ESPN.com, their predicted over under is 53 and a half. Uh, the money line for Penn State is minus 170 and the spread for Penn State is minus three and a half. So I, the, the pundits seem to agree with you that, yep, this will be close and this could potentially be high scoring. I expect to see multiple touchdowns for both teams. So uh, this Thursday night, September 1st, Penn State opens up on the road at the Purdue Boilermakers. The game is live at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Last two years have been exactly 500, and we here at Pater are extraordinarily hopeful that this is the beginning of a good 2022 season. It all starts at Purdue. Thank you all so much for joining us. We will be getting you a reaction episode this Friday, so you guys can look out for that again. Please subscribe, turn on notifications, comment, and like us. And again, we'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays as of September 9th. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. Go Penn State against Purdue. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Fridays and Mondays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern, beginning on Friday, September 9th. If you want to check out the podcast version of the show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB 11, and at Tom Hannafin. 
Paydirt is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Paydirt. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.